Well, good morning and uh, welcome to the jar. We're so glad that you are here today. And um, there are many people that do announcements, um, but she's the hottest. Um, <laughs> and if you're new today and you're like, I can't believe you just said that, that's my wife, okay? So uh, I can say that. Well, uh, today we're beginning a brand new series called uh, The Power of a Whisper. And like Jennifer said, I really want to encourage you to pick up a free book uh, before you leave if you haven't gotten one yet. And um, I believe that God still speaks today. That He speaks to us, and He wants to speak to you this morning. In fact, God brought, here, uh, brought you here today, uh, not simply to just go through another Sunday morning, but He actually does want to speak uh, directly to you. And so today and throughout uh, the next few weeks, we're going to be learning about how to better hear God's voice and how to get bolder at doing exactly what He calls us to do. Now, I'd like to begin uh, this morning with a question. It'll come up on the side screens. And um, we're going to have you guys check to see if you can answer this question. What leads your life today? So go ahead, take a couple of moments, and uh, we'll let you think on that. Alex says, uh, what is your Jeopardy answer? When it comes to it, what is it that leads your life? Now, I thought today that I would take a mic and we'd go through every single row. And we'd ask people, honestly, uh, what leads your life today? But we're not going to do that. But I want to ask you, what, what is it? If you were you know, just kind of honest to your core, what is it that leads your life? Now, I'm going to give you a few things that I think leads people's lives. Uh, one of them is what I call OPEs. And OPEs are other people's expectations. That that is what leads a person's life. Other people's expectations. Maybe you weren't necessarily the most athletic kid, but you found yourself being involved in tons of different sports because that's, what your God, that, because that's what your dad expected you to do. Maybe you didn't necessarily want to be a part of the family business, but your mom wanted you to so bad, so you got a degree in business and sales, and you did it because she expected you to. Maybe you got a job in a factory, and you never really wanted to do that, but you did, because your grandfather got you connected and he expected that of you. Maybe you weren't attracted, really, to the life of the party type, but all of your high school friends said, that's who you need to marry, that's who you need to be, and so you married them to meet their expectations. In fact, if you look at 
many of your major decisions, you can trace them back to what someone else expected of you. And today, what you are is simply a sum of the total parts of the expectations of everyone else around you. OPE, other people's expectations. For others of us, that's not it, but what it is, is it's our ATB, acquiring the best. That what leads our life today is acquiring the best. You push to have the biggest house, the latest car, the coolest TV, the smartest kids, the most athletic kids, fashionable clothing. You are all about impressing others. And you do this because you bought into this errant philosophy that says, the guy with the most toys at the end of life wins. For others of us, we're what I call APA, the autopilot approach. The autopilot approach. Some of you barely have a pulse right now because you are on autopilot. From day to day, you just kind of do whatever it is you did yesterday. And you do the same thing today. And what leads you is normalcy and routine. You don't upset the apple cart. It's just best to kind of do things the way that they've always been done. And finally, uh, and this is where I fall into account, and some of you too, are TDLs. Those are to-do listers. Your to-do listers. Your life is ran by the almighty to-do list. Those things that just, just must get done. And you get great joy of checking things off. It's about accomplishing something by noon. Or something by Tuesday. Or something by Wednesday. Or something by the age of 45. Which I'm 20 years away from. Or by the time you're buried. Now, I just want to ask you, do any of these approaches sound familiar? Was there maybe one of them that kind of, yeah, you know, if I had to be truthful, that does kind of lead my life. Well, over the next four weeks, what we want to do is we want to talk about letting your life be led by something other than these things. That your life would be led not by other people's expectations. For your life to be led by something other than the need to acquire the best. For your life to be led by something other than being on autopilot. For your life to be led by something other than a to-do list. And the other thing that I want you to consider now and over the next few weeks is that you would really allow your life to be led by a whisper. By a whisper from God. There's a story in the Bible about a guy by the name of Saul. He was a persecutor of Christians. He was a terrorist for Christians. He didn't care whether they were dead or alive, but his whole goal in life was to go out and to destroy Christianity. But then one day, he received a whisper from God. And it turned his life totally upside down. And that story is found in Acts chapter 9. And it will come up on the side screens and follow along as I read it. 
It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, and that's what Christians were early known as, they were called the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see he could he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For 3 days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple, a follower of Jesus named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he said. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, kind of the exact direction, street address, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And I have a feeling at this point, Ananias is kind of like, say what? Uh, God. Don't, don't you know who this guy is? Like, he's killing people. You know, I'm trying to follow you and he's killing us. And the Lord said, In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. He's like, God, are you sure? Like, this doesn't sound like real good advice. Uh, You've been praying? Oh, you're God. But uh, maybe you should think about it. And by the way, he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles, those non-Jews and their kings, and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias. And you've got to kind of picture Ananias at this point, okay? He's like this. And he's shaking in his boots, and he's walking, and he's obeying. And he goes to the house, and he enters it. And placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking food, he regained his strength. Now this is an amazing story about a whisper that God gives to Saul. And there are a few things that we can learn about these whispers. 
The first thing that we can learn from this whisper that's given to Saul is this. Sometimes our ears get opened in the most dramatic ways. Sometimes our ears get opened in the most dramatic ways. What's so interesting to me in this story is that even before Saul surrenders his life to Christ, God is already whispering in his ears. And that says something, that even before people kind of go all in, put all the chips in to this relationship with God, God is already actually whispering in people's ears. I mean, the reality is, folks, that God can penetrate the most clogged up ears around. Any of you ever use a Q-tip to clean out your ears? Raise your hand. Okay? You know, doctors say you shouldn't do that. They say you shouldn't put anything in your ear the size of your elbow. I I can't ever get my elbow there, so I use a Q-tip. But um, that's the way it is. Well, why do you clean your ears? Because there's stuff in it that's clogged up, right? And uh, the reason you use a Q-tip is because you want to unclog whatever that is and to make it better. Growing up as a kid, my uh, dad uh, had a bulb, a syringe kind of bulb for wax buildup in his ears. There will be a picture that comes up. And um, you never wanted to follow him in the bathroom because sometimes he would forget to let the sink drain. And I remember about a very traumatic experience, actually, in my life. I was about eight years old, and I walk into the the bathroom, and I look in this sink, and it was the nastiest, grossest-looking stuff ever. And I yelled out, Dad, what are you doing? But when I looked in there, I finally realized why he could never hear my mom. Because he had all of this wax that was built up in his ears. And so, wives, some of you might want to go out and buy that right now, you know, for your spouse. Well, in our story today, Saul leaves Damascus and his ears are clogged up. And his mind is set on one thing and one thing only, and that is to kill and destroy every Christian he can find. But on the way, Jesus comes and he like takes this syringe bulb and he unclogs his ears and he puts this bright light that shines down and Saul goes blind. And Jesus says to him, I'm Jesus, the one that you're persecuting and I have a message to convey to you today. Folks, when has the God of the universe ever unclogged your ears? When has He ever come and shown a bright light down upon you and maybe even blinded you so you could see exactly what He's calling you to do? For Him to to actually say maybe something like, I have something to say to you. 
was that when you hit rock bottom, maybe you went through a divorce, or you hit rock bottom in your addiction, or bankruptcy, or your marriage, or finances, or family, whatever. Maybe it was when you hit that ugly pattern of materialism and envy and greed and just the desire for more stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. Was it when you were just about ready to marry the wrong person or take the wrong job or spend money on a wrong possession? Or maybe you're just going down a path of life that's wrong. I have a feeling that every single person here this morning that at some point in your life, you have had a whisper or a prompting from God. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that it's audible, that God kind of goes down and goes, hey, don't do that. Or, hey, go do that. But that in your spirit, that when you read the Bible, that something says, do this or don't do this. And if you're like me, folks, I've dismissed, I have mistaken that voice many different times. In my life, what is consistent is that I disobey the whispers of God more than I obey. And yet, if you look at God's track record, what you'll find out is that from the beginning of time, folks, He is far from done to speaking with us. You see, even when we don't listen, He still keeps prompting us because He loves you that much. That's how valuable you are, that He will never stop whispering to you. And if He has to, sometimes He'll do it in dramatic ways. Let me give you some encouragement, though. Don't force God to use dramatic ways to get His message across to you. Choose to open up your ear to heaven today. Unclog the ears if you have to. And get the syringe bulb out if you have to. And listen for His voice. And let me just say, folks, that if today you're here for the very first time and you've never surrendered to Jesus, maybe today is your day. To say, I'm ready to have an ear towards heaven. You just share your flub-ups, your mess-ups, your screw-ups. He says, if you do, I forgive you no matter what. And then you're ready in this life to say, I'm willing to follow you. Say, I'm ready to hear, and I'll do what you say. And folks, this is the guarantee that I want to give you, that you will never regret that decision. There are many decisions in your life that you have regretted. Me too. But that is one that you will never regret because God gives you promises. And some of the promises are that he will always uh, prosper your life. In fact, in Jeremiah 29.11, and some of you might want to keep this this week, it says this, For I know, God says to you, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Here's the second learning that we can take from Saul's whisper, and it's this. When we obey a prompting from God, whatever that prompting is, we often open up the doors for others to obey too. 
When we obey a prompting from God, we often open up the doors for others to obey God too. Now it's very interesting, in this story, after Saul obeys God's whisper, we learn that there's this guy named Ananias, and he receives a whisper as well. And it says, go seek Saul out. This Christian killer. I want you, Ananias, to go find him, to seek him out. Can you imagine receiving that prompting from God? Hey, there's a mass murderer out there, and I want you to go find him and to pray for him. Imagine just knowing that there's somebody out there, and God says, this is the, this is the prompting I have for you. And that you seek that person out. And that you lead them into a closer relationship with God. I'm sure at this point, Ananias has to be thinking, ha, 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 oh, good one, God, that's a good joke, you know? Me, go get a Christian terrorist, that's good. You should be on Comedy Central, you know? That kind of thing. But God's not joking around. Ananias is his chosen man. Folks, you and I choose to obey a prompting. When we do, sometimes it really does affect other people around us. Because Saul followed God's whisper to get up to go into town and to wait, Ananias was able to fulfill the mission that God had for his life. Friends, even when a divine whisper comes to you and you think that it is only affecting your personal circumstances, you never know what it might do to impact the lives of people around you. When God whispers, give that person a phone call, or send them a text, or something on Facebook, and you're kind of like, ah, I don't want to do that, do it. Because you don't know if that might not only affect that person, but that entire family to get a word of encouragement. This morning, I got a, a text from a friend of mine from Texas, and all he put was, I'm praying for you. You know how much that meant to me? God gives you those whispers. And sometimes if you're like me, I just ignore them. Don't do it. When God whispers, give some money away. And you're holding on tightly. Sometimes when you let that go, all of a sudden, you impact the kingdom in ways that you never could imagine. When God says to get out of your comfort zone and reach out to someone who doesn't look like you or act like you, or vote like you, like a Democrat or a Republican, you know? That you would actually reach out and to care for them. You never know what kind of effect that might have in turning that person towards God. Because Saul took this prompting from God, Ananias was able to do the same. And as a result, Ananias saw the joy of watching this guy be turned upside down. He went from Saul to a guy by the name of Paul who wrote over half of the New Testament. He planted tons of churches. He encouraged many people in the faith. He's considered maybe the greatest Christian who ever walked the face of the earth. And it would have never happened if Ananias wouldn't have followed the whisper that God gave to him. And by Paul doing it, it impacted Ananias. And as Ananias did, it impacted Saul. Will we take whispers seriously in our lives? Not just the sake for your own life, folks. That's why when you sense something being shared with you, the reason why you need to obey, because it may affect your kids. 
It may affect your spouse. It may affect your neighbors, whoever it is, co-workers. Because you never know how your obedience might really accomplish amazing things in the lives of others. Here's a third lesson that we learn. We never know what kingdom good can come from heeding a whisper from God. We never know when kingdom good, what kingdom good can come from heeding a whisper from God. Ananias had absolutely no clue that by following this simple set of instructions given to him, that he would be the catalyst to turn Saul to Paul, who would write over half of the New Testament. Ananias had no clue that by heeding God's whisper and praying for Saul, that he would actually see Saul find himself. Ananias helped Saul to see himself in the mirror for the very first time, the way that God saw him. As his precious child, who he loved, who he cared for. As someone who would go and do great things for God. Folks, when you choose to follow a divine whisper that you receive, you begin the greatest experience of your life. Because nothing, absolutely nothing, can compare to actually hearing from the God of the heavens to tell you something to do in your life. Nothing beats following God's plan. Now, I have a feeling that some of you right now are sitting there and you're like, Hey, Chris, I'm all open to uh, obeying God. Whenever He whispers, the reality is, He hasn't been talking to me. He never speaks to me. Well, if you've kind of had that track record where you haven't heard things from heaven to help you kind of you know, deal with things here on earth, this series is exactly for you. You should come back every week over the next three so that you can learn because you can actually learn how to hear the voice of God a little bit better, more frequently, to ask questions that help you to discern His voice. Now, growing up, folks, to be honest, this whole concept of whispers and promptings are not really something that uh, is taught very much in our culture. In our culture, whenever a person says, I heard from God, you know what we call them? A freak! A nut! A weirdo! Well, luckily for me, I was raised in a home where there were a lot of freaks. And from a very early age, they taught me that God actually still does speak to us today. But to be quite honest, I didn't believe it for most of my life. Until I got ready to enter seventh grade. It was the day before entering seventh grade, and I was scared to death. And uh, the reason I was scared, because... In seventh grade, you went to junior high school. And junior high school, like middle school today, is totally different from elementary. You begin to go to class after class after class, not just in one room. You get this locker, and they tell you, remember the combination. And I remember the first day going, I, 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 I don't know. You know? you got to turn it right, and then left, and then right. And you've got to be on time. 
for all of the classes. And I was freaked out about this because now I had seven different teachers, seven different homework assignments, and seven different set of expectations. And I was scared about riding the school bus too, you know. Last year, it was sixth grade, and I was the big dog. Little kindergartner walks by, bam, shut up, you know. Now I'm in seventh grade, you know, and they're sitting you up front, and you're just like scared going, man, I hope these middle school, high schoolers don't beat me up. So the night before the first day of school, I just broke down, and I was crying, and I told my mom all of my fears. And my mom asked, well, have you talked to God about this? And I'll never forget this. I looked straight at my mom and I said, God doesn't speak to me. And she kind of quietly looked at me and she said, Oh, yes, he does, Chris. He still speaks. And we're going to write down whatever the concerns you have. We'll put it into a Bible and we'll see what God does. Now, I knew she was a freak. Because she always talked about how God was talking to her. I had never heard God talk to me up to that point in my life. But I thought, hey, you know, it's worth a shot. Tomorrow may be my last day, you know, being seventh grade and all. So I went ahead and I did that. And I went to bed that night. And I didn't hear an audible voice. But for the first time in my life, I felt in my spirit, and I'll never forget these words, when God spoke to me and said, Chris, don't worry. I'm going to be with you all day tomorrow. And he was. That was one of the most, that was the earliest time that I can ever remember hearing from my spirit, God speaking something Not through my parents, not through somebody else, but through me. And I believe to to my toes that today God still speaks to people. I've had unmistakable impressions on my mind during days when I'm driving. It just happened to me yesterday. There's a guy that's out there with a homeless sign right across from AHN. And I drive by. And I'm thinking, I've got to be somewhere. And all of a sudden, I just kind of sense this thing in my spirit that said, turn around. And I went back. And, and I'd love to say I do that all the time, but I don't. And I have no idea what happened with that. And sometimes I just think, wait a minute. I couldn't have think that up. I'm not smart enough. Who put that thought there? And as I've tried to teach here at the JAR since the very early days when we met in people's homes, that when you get a thought and you're not sure exactly where it comes from, just say, hey God, is this from you? Or is it bad Chinese food? You know? Because sometimes, folks, it's very difficult for us to know the difference. So what I want to do real quickly for the remainder of our time, I just want to give you five things that I think will help you to better listen to the whispers from God, but to understand, is this from God or is it just bad Chinese food? 
Here's the first question to ask. It's this. God, is this prompting truly from you? That's one of the first filters you just ask. God, is this prompting truly from you? You can ask God, hey God, you know, does this square with the whis- this whisper? Does it square with who you are and who I know you to be? To ask Him, does it align with His attributes? Things like compassion and goodness and justice and patience. And then equally, wait and see what He says to you. Don't just go head on in the thing, oh, I heard from God, now I'm going to go do it. It may not be that. Here's the second thing you need to ask. Is it scriptural? Is it scriptural? The Bible contains countless examples of how God would behave in different situations. He gives us an actual example in Jesus Christ. If you need you're hearing from heaven, if you think you're hearing from heaven on a particular situation, first try to imagine, do you think Jesus would do whatever it is you sense God asking you to do? And if you can't picture Him doing whatever it is that you're getting ready to do, guess what? It probably ain't from God. It might be from you, but it ain't from God. Third question to ask, when you're trying to see if a whisper is from God. Is this whisper wise? Is it wise? There's an entire book in the Bible that deals with dissecting wisdom. It's called Proverbs. And in it we find information on how to look at wisdom. What would wisdom say to do in this situation? For instance, it tells us that wise people love knowledge. They love to learn. It says that wise people have gentle tongues. Not sharp tongues, but gentle tongues. Wise people have that. Wise people live blamelessly. Wise people have a straight path. In fact, in the very first part of this whole collection of book of, of Proverbs, in verse 3 in chapter 1, it says this, Wise people do what is right and just and fair. If you hear something from God, you have to ask, is it wise and just and fair? So if you believe that God is asking you to divorce your spouse, if you believe that God is asking you to cheat on your wife, to defraud your workplace, to erupt in anger, to ignore injustice that is around you, to cuss out your neighbor, I strongly encourage you Just open up the Bible for a second to Proverbs and you'll find some wisdom there to help you know what to do because wisdom would say the whisper that you received in doing any of those things is not from God. Here's a fourth question you need to ask. Is the whisper in tune with my character and my wiring? In other words, the way that God made me, is it in tune with my character and the way that He just kind of wired me up? A couple years ago, I met a guy who uh, lived in Texas, and he had a uh, great railroad job. Worked for the railroad, made good money, he liked his job. And he thought that he heard this whisper from God to leave Texas and to come here to start a church. And I remember one day we were at IHOP, and we're talking back and forth, and I just asked him, I said, so did you like the railroad? He's like, oh, yeah, man. 
I loved it. He said I'm kind of introverted and gave me a lot of time to be on the train and enjoy things. And, you know, I just, I really like that. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, have you ever pastored before? He's like, no. I said, did you ever, like, go do any training? No. Have you ever watched Joel Olstein before? You know? No. And I said, well, what made you think that you should leave Texas to come to Muncie? He said, I heard from God, and I'm just going to wing it. Now, this is a great guy. I love this guy. I tried to help him out as much as I could. But, folks, starting a church is tough stuff, and if you're not wired up in the right way, it's not an easy thing, and it can actually destroy you. And that's what happened to him. His wife got pregnant shortly after that. She lost her job. The church never caught fire, and they finally had to leave their house and everything and move back to Texas to do what he had already been doing. Let me just caution you that if you receive something and you believe that it's from God, it's not bad to do a few of these filters just to find out Is it true? I'm not saying that God can't do a 180 in people's lives. It's just that typically He uses our wiring in a certain way. And this kind of leads to our last filter, and it's this. What The question you need to ask is, what do the people you most trust think about? What do the people that you most trust think about whatever this is? The Bible says this, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now this word counsel is a nautical term and it deals with the fact of steerage of a ship. And so when you seek godly wisdom, you're able to steer the ship in the right direction. When we don't, we are just very easily able to have imminent crashing and burning. Folks, there have been numerous times in my life in which I have crashed and burned. And if I would have just sought some godly wisdom of some people around me, it may have changed the whole course. Now the problem is sometimes people have wrong counselors. Sometimes people get their buddy from work who has all the same issues you have and go, hey, thinking about leaving my life, leaving my wife. Yeah, do it, dude. I did it. And he's the sorriest loser you've ever seen, you know. So you've got to pick your counselors wisely. First of all, you should always pick a counselor who's been further in the relationship with God than you are. They should be mature in the faith, committed to honoring God. The second thing is, it should be a person that you know well. I mean, as much as Billy Graham may be this great person, if you don't know Billy and he doesn't know you, that's not great advice. You need to know people who get you, who understand you, and they can speak truth into your life. And finally, you find people who are counselors or advisors who actually, they listen to promptings in their life, And they're fulfilling them. They're living them out. They're being wise. The Bible gives some great advice on this. It says this, Don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. 
Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. It's just saying make sure that whatever input you get is from people who are the real deal. That they walk it. They talk it, but they walk it. So these are five filters that you can use in your life to kind of carry them through each day. And when you come to a crossroads and you think you hear something that you need to do, you use these five filters to kind of help yourself figure out, is it from God or is it just bad Chinese food? Now, I want to challenge you this week with this. I want to challenge you and myself to have a higher goal this week. I was thinking about it. This next week, I have three kind of goals. The first one is my wife Jennifer and I are going to a marriage conference this weekend that we're going to try to improve our marriage upon. So that's one thing that's on my to-do list. The second thing is, is that we have a small group that meets tomorrow. And if you are not a part of a small group, I strongly encourage you to sign up and do that. And I'm excited to kind of see what God's going to do in the midst of that. And then the last thing is, I'm going to try to teach better than I did today. So if you're sitting there and you're like, man, this was a bummer. It might get better next week, okay? So come back and uh, experience that. Now for some of you this week, if you were thinking of your top priorities, you might say, hey, this project at my job I need to do. Or a family member that I need to encourage. Or some friend. Or some project that I'm working on. But I just wonder, I really wonder, what would happen if all of us chose to put at the highest goal, the top spot in our life, that this week we were going to try to listen to whispers from God. That more than anything else, we were going to listen for whispers from God. I mean, what would happen if all of us left here today with unclogged ears, with one ear towards heaven, and we said, you know what, we're just going to wait and see. Wonder what would happen if we listened. My favorite Bible passage is in Matthew 8. It's a story about a guy who is a Roman soldier. He's got all these stripes on his arm. He's a bigwig. He has tons of people who follows him. And one day, he has a request for Jesus. And the story goes like this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion, the soldier, replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished, and he said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. You see, Jesus was amazed at this guy. His unwavering, massive kind of faith. A faith that said, you don't even have to go to the house, Jesus. All you have to do is just say the word 
And I believe that he'll be healed. And you know, I was thinking about, that's the kind of faith I want. I want the kind of faith in which I can say, God, you just say the word. You just give me the worst whisper and I'll go there. Just say the word and I'll do that. Just say the word and I'll say something to someone. This week, I want to challenge you to listen to the whispers of God. To take five minutes each day just to say, I'm going to listen to you. And to listen to what He says. Now, it may not happen Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. But if you keep doing it throughout the week, I believe strongly that He's going to speak. It might be a whisper of comfort. It might be a whisper of challenge. It might be a whisper of compassion. It might be a whisper of conviction to tell you to change something. I don't know what He wants to whisper to you, but I just want to encourage you to listen, to respond, and to send me an email of exactly what it is, whether it's a big thing or a little thing. It doesn't matter. Are you listening? Yesterday, I was spent about seven minutes. I try every day to do about seven minutes where I just listen to God. And I said, God, we've been praying for this campaign. People are going to be here. I just wonder, how do you want me to kind of end the whole thing? And I'm not saying that I heard it audibly, but just in my spirit, I really sense God saying this to every single one of you because you're sitting here. You've sat here for almost 75 minutes. And the take-home point is this. God desperately wants to whisper to you. That's what I sensed Him tell me. God desperately wants to whisper to you this week. Let's stand for closing word. The prayer team can come up. They can uh, pray for anything. And we're just going to ask God right now that He would help us to listen to Him this week. So, if you need prayer for anything, come on up and let's pray. God, more than teaching notes that people will take home, more than them thinking anything about me or this church, God, my greatest desire for every single person who's here right now that you would whisper to them this week. God, if you would just say the word, God, that we would do or we would go or we would say. And so I pray right now for every single person in this place that through the power and authority of Jesus Christ, God, that you would unclog ears in this place and that people would hear from you this week. God, give them the discipline to take five minutes before they go to bed to just listen and to hear what you might say to them and how you might use them to impact this world in a huge way. God, help us to respond, and to do good this week so that your name would be made great.
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.